Hey, hey, Michigan Maniacs. This is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer. Uh, this is kind of uh, a mixed bag today of stuff. Um, before we get into that, let's go ahead and get into the housekeeping, of course. Guys, there is the uh, the um, Michigan Maniac logo uh, sticker, which is go ahead and leave any review you want on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, same thing, or the Michigan Maniac fan page. Uh, leave a review, hit me up, uh, message me, DM me, whatever. Let me know which platform you put the the uh, review on, and I'll send you... Well, and then give me your name and your address, your full name and address, and I will send you a sticker. Also, um, I have just received a little bit of a uh, bonus, I guess, from work, which is weird because it's been a weird time. But, uh, and so I'll be able to afford to make some shirts. Now, when I find the right vendor, I will uh, announce it and I will, you know, put a price point out there and see if you guys want any. So that's what I'm going to do as well. Also, uh, well, actually, you know what? That's it right now. So I'm on Twitter. Find me there. Also, you know, Instagram, uh, Facebook, the whole deal. Uh, so let's get into this little mixed bag of things. But before I do, sorry that this has been so late. Uh, I've been honest with you guys before, so I might as well be honest now. I'm glad I'm going through a breakup recently, so it's kind of fucked everything up. And, you know, it's been hard for me to get focused, especially with some of the stressors at work and then this. It's been kind of a mess. So I apologize for not being as regular uh, with the podcast as I as I have been, um, but, you know, we live in weird times, I guess. So, let's get into this mixed bag. There's a, just a couple subjects that I really just want to address real quick. I don't know how long this will go, but uh, one is, obviously, it's, everybody's already touched on it, which is the, uh, the, uh, John, the Jim, the John Harbaugh, the Jim Harbaugh open letter to college football about his thoughts on how it should go going forward, right, with uh, the five years of eligibility. Um, the uh, just, and then if you don't get drafted, you can always come back to your team. And the, just the numerous stuff, we've all heard it. So I'm just going to, the one thing that actually kind of irritated me when I heard this was that people, and this, like I said, this isn't a hot take or an original one, but it's just what I was thinking at the time that I heard it. When people were busting his balls about uh, it being self-serving. Well, if you really, really think about it, um, there is no such thing as a selfless act. Because even if it is what you think is selfless, it does make you feel good or it does benefit you in some way. So therefore, there is no selfless act. Even if it gives you some type of pride or happiness that you did this for somebody, still not a selfless act. Uh, I, to be quite honest, when did we become a group of people, and I'm talking about the United States or college football or whatever, that are going to complain about trailblazers, right? And say what you will about Harbaugh, he is a weirdo. He doesn't get along with everybody. He can get off onto subjects and get kind of into the, it, get into the bag and no one knows where he's going with his things. But 
you have to admit he is thinking outside the box to one, obviously, better Michigan, but also it looks like he's doing a lot of things that are bettering college football athletes. Like the college football players, he is bettering with this. So when did we get so hurt about self, self-serving? self Who gives a shit? You know, I mean, it's five years eligibility. That would hurt him too, or help him. Just like it would help Alabama, just like it would help even Ohio State. All these other schools are going to benefit from it. So who cares? I would just appreciate the people who say that it's self-serving and give just ridiculous reasons why. But just say you don't like it. I would much rather you say, you know what? I don't like Jim Harbaugh, so it's going to be hard for me to agree with anything that really comes out of the man's mouth. When it comes to satellite camps or sleeping in some dude's uh, Nordine's uh, treehouse or not wearing a shirt playing uh, toss with some players or whatever it is. The 11 team playoff, uh, whatever, just whatever it is you dislike about him, you're just never going to give him credit. I'm fine with that. I respect your opinion even more if that's just what you said because this is self-serving, but yet it serves the greater purpose of college football. Now, to me, I would much rather have, I wouldn't have the one and done. If it was me, I would prefer a, a player wait two years out of high school. I don't think you need three anymore because of all the weight training, all the, the, the you know, everything we know about muscles and dietary things and uh, all the, tr- the camps and everything they do. They are so much, they are so, uh, they're, they're so further ahead than what, even when I was going to college, uh, there's no way a kid back in my day could have ever gone to college. Well, I've been gone to the pros right out of college his first year. It just couldn't happen. Now, there's a handful of them back in the day. Sure. You know, like Adrian Peterson, Bo Jackson, Herschel Walker. You know, these are players. I mean, you could probably even say John Elway could have gone early, you know. But I think this now, two years is good, right? Like, there's a few a few, maybe 10 to 15 every year that could maybe go as true freshmen. Maybe go as true freshmen. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, sure. Okay. Tua, sure. And you're going to see that with quarterbacks more often than anybody else. But offensive linemen, how often? I mean, Tony Vaselli still needed a couple years to, to grow into his body, to be stronger, to be whatever. I mean, there's only a few positions that really this one and done rule would probably even help out. I mean, quarterbacks one, uh, running backs, I would say the other one. They get beat up so much that if they even show promise, they should get the hell out of college and go right in, go right into the NFL. I mean, even Jadavian Clowney wasted a whole fucking year sitting on his butt because he didn't want to get hurt. Bosa, Nick Bosa was hurt mainly, but you know, he wasn't rushing back when he could have, from what all accounts say. I don't really care, but you know, that's just. I'm not a huge fan of the one and done, but I still see the merit to it. I mean, it, it's going to make college coaches have to think a lot about who, how many, uh, you know, how many scholarships do they offer when they may have one or two guys who may be able to come back because if they don't get drafted, they can come back. So there's got to be deadlines when you can officially say that you're going into the draft and then when you're coming back and there's just a bunch of stuff that could happen. But let's face it, it helps these kids more than it'll ever help Michigan over, say, at Alabama or a Notre Dame or a Ohio State. 
right? I I just I don't th- I don't see how it's sho- so shocking, and I and it's only because people don't like him, and that's it. Like I said, just just tell me you don't like him. That I would respect your opinion way more if you just said that, because we all know that's what it is. Because you can't see how it it is self serving. It's always going to be self serving. Like I told you, you can't do anything in this world and it not be a self serving act, or you know, like unselfish. It can't. Because if you're doing it, let's say you give, let's say you give a homeless guy at the red light a fucking dollar. That doesn't make you feel better about what you did as a person, right? Of course it did. Of of course it made you feel good about who you are as a person and what you're doing. You know, I mean, there's no selfless acts. So to think that, you know, this, whatever, I'm done with that subject. Um, now getting on to another one real quick. I was perusing. Sorry about that. My, uh, my speaker went out. Um, but I was perusing Twitter the other day and I saw a tweet from a Spartan update, I think it is, or yeah, Spartan update, and the tweet was ridiculous. Uh, it says, "I'm so excited to see another Michigan quarterback bust," or yeah, to see another. Who cares? Like, what is he? Obviously, he knows about bus being uh, a Michigan State fan. I mean, what has there only been three good Michigan State quarterbacks that have ever gone into the NFL? I mean, only three. And I mean, I'm being generous when I say three. I mean, you could, I guess you can make an argument that there's four, but two of them are career backups, and only two of them have actually done anything in the NFL, right? And that's Kirk Cousins, which I, yeah, he's the most successful Michigan State quarterback. And then Tony Banks actually won a Super Bowl, I think, with, uh, with the Ravens. I think he was the starting quarterback then. And then you've got Drew Stanton and uh, Brian Hoyer. The only reason why Brian Hoyer's ever seen a Super Bowl is because he was riding the coattails of the one, the great, the goat, uh, Tom Brady. So if it wasn't for Michigan, once again, Michigan State would never know anything good in their lives. So I don't know why this Michigan, this Spartan Update guy, thinks that we have so many busts. Granted. Uh, a lot of our guys, it's a it's a real hit or miss when they get into the NFL, right? I mean, obviously we had Brady, we have Greasy, we had Elvis Gerbach, we had uh, I wrote oh Todd. Collins. You know the thing is, the what got me was Todd Collins was one of my favorite Michigan quarterbacks, and he really I can't remember why he stunk so bad in the NFL. He I really thought he had all the talent, the smarts, the whole thing to to really be successful, and nothing. Really nothing. I mean, well overwhelming. Even Chad Chad Henney did better than almost any Michi- any Michigan State quarterback. So what is this fool talking about? Another Michigan bust at quarterback? Which one? You mean, uh, why don't you talk up? If you want to compare bust, what, Milton or Dick McCaffrey are going to be worse than who do, you, who do you have? Do you have anybody? I don't even know who you have starting right now as your fucking quarterback. And you're going to have the balls to fucking talk shit? That's the thing that drives me nuts about Michigan State fans. They have, they are so clearly jealous of everything that we've ever had. And then they have this one spurt because we make the fucked up decision to take uh, Rich Rod. And they get D'Antonio, who was 
a dick, but he's a great coach. And they had that kind of success because we sucked. They were better. Only when we do something does it ever ever happen. Anything else happen to them? Not, they're always reactionary. They're never pro. You know what I mean? It's just it's never. They are so frustrating as a fan base because they talk mass amounts of shit and it's like looking at a homeless person talking shit to you for where you live you're like dude you live in a fucking box bro and you're talking shit about my two-bedroom condo who the fuck are you they're the homeless guy in the corner yelling at you as they shit on themselves. That's what Michigan State fans are. They're ignorant. Not, I mean, maybe in basketball they can carry a tune, right? Maybe they've got some points to make. But overall history, shut the fuck up about football. All right, you had a small window of opportunity, and it's over. It's done. Forget about it. This Who's your new coach? What? Some dude who couldn't win at Colorado? Oh yeah, he's great. And he's not going to help you in the recruiting battle. So you guys are you guys are fucking bonkers nuts. I don't understand why. Dude, guys, get over it. It's over. You had a nice decade. Eight to eight to ten years. It looked good for you guys. You did good. You did alright. But guess what? Michigan's back and now you're back to who you are. Even D'Antonio can't make you a better, couldn't even have made you a better team once Harbaugh got there. You guys got lucky with that fucking block punt. I mean, the, the mishandled punt in Harbaugh's first year. You guys are nuts. Get over it. I can't take your fucking bullshit anymore. A bust? Can't wait to see another Michigan bust? Just point to the, the, the numerous quarterbacks that you've had come through Michigan State that are heralded throughout college football and the NFL. I'll wait. Please. I will wait to hear your fucking talk up Connor Cook, who, uh, what was he, an XFL draft pick? I know he made it with the Raiders for a little bit, but come on, let's face it, he stunk. The only thing I even liked about Connor Cook was he's a surly asshole. That's the only thing I liked about him. He had an attitude. He was kind of, you know, fun. Uh, but who? Kurt Cousins? The guy who can't win it in the big time? Come on, man, get out of here. Stop with this nonsense. Just stop it. So now that I got that out of my system, that was ridiculous. But still, that was what's eating in my my brain when I see these things on Twitter. These guys are fucking ignorant. Um, let's go. Let me check my little list here. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, the last dance thing I wanted to talk about before I got out of here. So I've been watching the last dance with Michael Jordan and all that. And there's a part of this 10-part do uh, docuseries. And I, I think it's episode four, maybe even episode five, where they go in kind of detail about the, the mental hurdle that the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan had uh, against beating the Pistons, right? And it really struck a chord with me because it really reminds me of how Michigan has this mental block against Ohio State. Because in a lot of ways, you can make the argument in 2015, yes, they were a better team than us, but they weren't playing up to their potential going into that game. We had been playing very well. Uh, mental block, 
right? We we shit our pants in that fucking game, right? It was, uh, what was it, a block punt or something like that that really fucked us? 2016, okay, I, we won that game, so I'm not even going to count that one. The refs fucked us, whatever. But even then, you could see parts of it where we screwed up, right? Mental blocks. Uh, we weren't as confident, or at times we just weren't as confident. Now, there's times that... You know, the Bulls went seven games with the Pistons uh, in the playoffs and couldn't get over the hurdle. But the one thing that got me, um, you know, about this was as soon as the Bulls stopped being scared of the Pistons and didn't let their bully tactics get into their head and fuck up their, their play, fuck up their mental outlook of what they needed to get done. That's when Chicago owned them, swept them four games and out. And you could see it. You could see it in the game footage when I think it was Lambeer fouled uh, Pippen hard, pushed him to the ground. I think I want to say it was Lambeer, but I could be wrong. Uh, hit him hard. He goes flying off the court, lands into the, the, the off the sideline, off court, and then where the photographers are. And instead of Pippen getting up and Pippen getting up and being angry and getting in their face or talking shit back, right, just getting out of his game, he sat there, composed himself, didn't allow what had happened to affect the way he played, got up, and then they continued to kick the Pistons' ass. And the only reason why they got to that point was they finally changed the way they worked out. They did everything that involved the Pistons. They they worked as soon as they lost. I think Michael Jordan uh, would usually take a couple weeks off, I think, from what they said in this docuseries. The next day, when they lost in Game 7, I think it was, they he went right back and started working working hard started working out started to get bigger and stronger so this way he could take the pounding so this way he can take the foul so this way he could get mentally tough then pippen and horace grant and all of them started to follow see that's when you have true leadership true leadership not great coaches because obviously uh you know they had one of the best coaches of all time you know phil jackson was phenomenal but they had true leadership, true leadership, and everyone bought in. Regardless if you didn't want to buy in or not, they all bought in. Even I think it was probably even the more the one of the easiest times for Jordan to lead that team because they were so sick of fucking losing to the Pistons that they went out and they started doing it on their own. They all started working out earlier. They all started working harder. They all started working out, and they stopped being scared of that team. And when they did that stuff, when they stayed calm, when they stayed in their head, when they had true leadership throughout the whole team, right? That's when they really gelled and started their run. That's what Michigan is with Ohio State. We need to stop getting in our head. If we jump off sides during a fucking punt, we don't let that affect us for the rest of the game. If we just tackle and get up and not try and steal their shoes, or if a fucking Dobbins or the fumble bounces right back up into their hands. We don't allow that to to bother us. We don't get into our heads. We don't drop touchdown passes. We don't run a uh, nine yard out when you need an eleven. 
You know, you don't do those things. You're in your own head. You're 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 paying attention to the game plan, not to what Ohio State's doing or the crowd's doing or, oh, my God, this is nervous. Oh, I hope they don't come to play today. See, that's not what winning teams do. And the Bulls at one point weren't a winning team, and they allowed the Pistons to do the same shit to them that the that our current Wolverines are having the Ohio State team do with us. Now, I don't know if Ohio State are bully atmosphere or the bully team because I don't really you don't see that but they're in our head for sure and we need every every year we need to be focused on what do we do now to beat them every game because I'll tell you something if you if you train like every day you're going to beat Ohio State then you should beat everyone else in the Big Ten because there is nobody else close to the talent level of an Ohio State in the Big Ten. So if we practice and work out and focus every day that every week we're going to go out and we're going to play like we're going to beat Ohio State, then you should cream the rest of the fucking teams on your schedule because you're putting forth the mind and the effort to win games. You're putting forth the, you know, the, the game plans. You're really focusing. You're really not scared of anybody you walk onto that field. So therefore... Our, our away game should get much easier to win. We should be the same team throughout this heckle, uh, this Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde routine will go away. But as long as we don't train, like every game is Ohio State week and that every game is going to make us better to beat Ohio State, then we're never going to fucking do it. So... With that, I want to get out of here. This is not one of the longer ones, but that was just some of the stuff that was on my brain. Um, I actually, I love doing this podcast, but, you know, sometimes the world gets to you, you know, so uh, I need to do this more often. But guys, remember, uh, leave that leave that review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or on the Michigan Maniac fan page. Hit me up. I'll send you a sticker. Also, I will have shirts soon. And uh, if you want one, you know, I'm going to try to make them as cheap as possible. Or hell, I might even give away a few. All right. So uh, that's it, guys. I mean, like I always say, it is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, guys, go blue.